This is the Pick 8 Podcast. My name is Smitty, coming to you from the Franklin House in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. It's been a minute since I've done one of these episodes. Did some counting. I think I did 16 last year. Kind of hit a wall, me personally, and then finding people to interview. But uh, this is, I'm calling this a bonus episode. I'm here with my good friend, Tim Murray. He is the one that helped design the new logo that I've been using. So when I first started, it was just some like clip art basically that I found online that was free. And then Tim and I sat down, texted, emailed, talked through it. So anyway, this bonus episode is to talk to Tim about the process. I'll let you give a little intro of yourself. Sure. Yeah, so like Smitty said, I'm uh, Tim Murray. I work as a graphic designer here in Sioux Falls with a marketing company called Matt Jensen Marketing and then do some independent design projects of my own. And one of those independent projects was working with Smitty to give a new look for his podcast. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. Trying to think how it started. Did I just text you? Probably. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. And I, I, I knew that you'd been doing the podcast. And yep. Listened to a couple yep. episodes. Right, 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 right. Pretty fun to hear. Yeah. Some familiar names and some mm-hmm. some folks I didn't know, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, we just talked about sort of the the ethos or the idea behind the podcast. Yeah, right. And what do you remember from that? <laughs> I essentially remember it being uh, when we talked about it at first. One of my first thoughts was there's a lot of numbers involved in this podcast. Mm. The pick eight, mm-hmm. like eight is half the title, mm-hmm. and then you know the slogan of ten questions yep. with two vetoes. Yeah. So there ends up being a lot of like numbers. And I yeah. Like, so probably numbers would be a good thing to factor into this visual look. Yeah. I remember you talking about it being pretty not raw, but not not highly produced, not right. highly edited. Right. Pretty informal and very like. Because in a sense, I don't really know what's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> until we like start talking. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like a personal conversation. Yeah. Pretty intimate, mm-hmm. casual. Mm-hmm. So try, yeah, trying to find ways to echo that visually yep so then i think i think we met at blarney stone yeah downtown in the basement which my opinion is better than the upstairs <laughs> <laughs> and i think we, we basically just opened up apple podcasts yeah and started being like what do you think about this what about this yeah. do you like i was like well i don't want my face on it so we can take that out right um i kind of like I don't even know what I said. Yeah. Probably 99% invisible. Sure. It's like one, it's a podcast I like. Yeah. And then you literally just started sketching on a napkin or a notepad or something. Yep. Trying to get a sense. Initially, you sort of start with a, you start really broad. Yeah. You say, do you like anything in this category? Yeah. Way over here or anything in this category way over there? And then, you know, from there you try to narrow it down. You Mm -hmm. say, okay, nothing with your face. Mm Mm-hmm not really looking at anything with like a photographic kind of look. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there were some that were a little bit more like, you know, edgy, hard, hard yeah. colors and hard angles and right. sort of more pro- provocative, more like could be a sports talk show or something mm-hmm. like that. And so we, we sort of drifted, not drifted, but we sort of selected mm-hmm. away from there. Mm-hmm. And so as, as we're going, we're kind of knocking out large chunks of the kind of the possible visual looks, kind of identifying things that didn't feel like a good fit. Mm-hmm. And so once we had some, like you said, we looked at Apple Podcasts mm-hmm. 
And one of the challenges I think with logos in general, but spe specifically with a podcast like this, okay. is that people are only going to see it as a box on mm -hmm. their phone. So you don't get, you don't get that much real estate. Mm -hmm. You can't say that many things. You can't have like this super long tagline. Mm -hmm. So, you know, looking at, we kind of scrolled through because I think it's important when you're designing to think about the context where somebody's going to consume that design or mm -hmm. see that design or use that design. So thinking about it in that context where you're like, well, you don't have much real estate. So you got to get your point across and get, yeah. you know, make sure people have a sense of what you, what your podcast is going to be about from yeah. the cover, from that logo. Yeah. I think similar to a book design, like you're, when you design a book cover, you're sort of, the cover makes some promises about the kind of book you're going to find inside. Mm -hmm. And your cover is also like, hopefully it asks some questions that are answered on the inside of the book. Okay. Like, okay. So as you go through the book, you're sort of like. Maybe even unconsciously. Yeah. Sort of. Yeah. So the cover of a book makes some promises or asks some questions or sets up some questions in the reader's mind. And as you go through you're sort of answering those questions mm -hmm. or or at the very least it should give you a sense of like oh it's going to be that kind of book <laughs> yeah it's going to be that kind of podcast yeah so makes sense yeah so trying to make something that feels like a good fit visually uh -huh. with the way that you carry on your conversations with people yeah talk about in the top left corner yeah the dots because we talked about that representing questions and like, how do we, yeah, it's not a literal thing, obviously. Right. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. So the idea was, I mean, like we talked about earlier, just hearing the name and the, the sort of subtitle, it was clear that like the numbers are kind of a, mm -hmm. not that it's a mathematical podcast, but just the whole feature of that, you know, yeah, 10 questions, you veto two, you called it the pick eight podcast. So I think the getting a sense of like, there are these options, you know, you want to somehow illustrate that idea of like out of 10 questions, you're eliminating two. Mm -hmm. So we looked at a couple of different ways to illustrate that. So okay. it's like some big kind of polka dot things. And then uh, the way we, after a couple of different sort of iterations on that idea, we landed on this arrangement of the, of 10 dots up in the corner, two of them, only as outlines, the rest yep. of them filled in. Yep. And then those two outlined ones crossed out yep. as if your podcast interviewee had uh -huh. gone through and like said, not that one, not that one. Yeah. Like they had a punch card or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For those of you keeping score at home. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Not this one, not this one. <laughs> so, and then the way we, we um, the final, the final version, we sort of landed on an idea of there's this background texture of all mm -hmm. these other kind of faded out dots that. Yep represent that out of all the possible questions you picked or you could have asked you chose these 10 mm -hmm. out of those 10 they answered these eight mm -hmm. so just kind of a visual nod yeah visual interest but um kind of acknowledging or i love it i think it's awesome pointing toward that that idea mm -hmm. and again because it's going to be seen on such a small scale i thought it'd be fun to make the eight a number eight a numeral yeah. rather than the word and to make it huge. Because <laughs> that's what jumps out. Yeah. I think initially. Yeah. What catches your eye or whatever. Right. Yeah. I think the color palette was like the last minute 
decision. Yeah, it was kind of like, I think when we initially talked to you, like, well, yeah. I like grays, I like yellows. Mm-hmm. And so I, I had been kind of thinking along the lines of some more kind of muted color mm-hmm. choices. You're like, well, after seeing that, mm-hmm. it seems kind of like it's not like vibrant enough or mm-hmm. lively enough. And another thing is that, you know, trying to like thinking about the original logo, you know, as people got to know yeah. that. You sort of want to, one idea was to keep some continuity with that one. So it feels like in the same family. So mm-hmm. we explored some options with that same palette. Right. And then I think we took that yellow directly from the. Oh, okay. I think maybe we took the yellow and the turquoise from the old okay. logo. Okay. Where they're like right near. Could near, have been. Near neighbors of that family. Okay. Not that it looks much like it, but it's sort of. Yeah. Carries some of the same. Yeah. It came from somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I think as a designer, one of the designer, artist, creative person in general, one of the things that can be kind of daunting is the blank page. <laughs> like, sure. Where you sit down and you're like, I can make anything. Yeah. And so you end up like not making anything because there's so many, there's so many possibilities. So I think designers are always looking for constraints and looking mm-hmm. for kind of content mm-hmm. to start from. Mm-hmm. So that the name obviously is part of the content, but also the original palette. The constraint, obviously, of the, you know, it's going to be seen really small. And so you're limited as far as how much information you can put in. Yeah, designers like constraints. Okay. How hard is it when, like, there's an idea that you know is a good idea? Yeah. And the other person, it might have been me, I don't know. (laughs) But it's like, nah, I don't really like that. Yeah, um, one tricky thing about design is that like if if you're if you're working on art it's sort of up it's sort of up for grabs like mm-hmm. everybody, like personal can, taste yeah you can make yeah. whatever you want and if you like it that's sort of the only measure of whether or not you're going to use it or whether or not it's an appropriate choice mm-hmm. and design is different because whereas art can sort of like ask questions or cause problems <laughs> design sh- should be or it generally is trying to answer questions and solve problems so if the okay. problem if the problem is right, you come to me and you say I need a logo that feels like my my podcast fits in these parameters mm-hmm. has these you know this amount of information all of the choices that I make can be measured against whether or not it does those things mm-hmm. you know and so one of the one of the things it would have to do is feel like you to mm-hmm. you <laughs> right so if you look at it and you're like I just don't like it's not the t-shirt that I want to wear mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah you know, then you know then it's not it's not measuring up to the criteria that mm-hmm. the design has for success. And so I, I think there's a lot of times when I'll be working along in a certain direction on a book cover design or a mm-hmm. logo design and somebody's like, and I have some ideas that I think, oh, this is gonna be really good. Sometimes everybody agrees and we just move forward. Mm-hmm. And sometimes my what I think is a great idea turns out to be not a great idea because <laughs> I don't know <laughs> right. all the context. Uh-huh. Like somebody will be like, well, that is a great logo, but the color is wrong because it looks just like my next door neighbor's, you know, the business next door. Yeah. Their, their color right. is the same way. And you're like, oh, now that I know that, this is a bad choice. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes there's just subjective things where you're like, I like circles. And the other person's like, yeah. really don't want to see any circles. One of my very first clients was a an artist. And I feel like I would design something and finish it. Or, you know, I'd have it pretty close to done. And I would be pretty happy with it. And he would come in and be like, 
kind of knocking down large chunks of it. And because he was a visual artist, he had really specific ideas of how he wanted it to look. And at the time it was frustrating, but looking back on those projects, like they turned out really well. Okay. So I think sometimes there's a, like a process or a, yeah, like a refining that comes out. Like usually your first idea for whatever the thing is, is not your first couple ideas will probably be sort of reincarnations of things that you've already seen or kind of the most obvious choices. Like I've got a company about security and my first idea is like, oh, you probably need a padlock. You probably need a key or something that feels like, so all those things. So then you like, you do the obvious choices and then you try to like keep going (laughs) to push beyond sort of that knee jerk reaction. There's a paradox too, because designers tend to be pretty intuitive. Right. And so your first intuition, at least for me, like I, t- I tend to rely on my intuition a lot. Mm-hmm. And so it's a, it's, it can be tricky to try to go against your intuition. Mm-hmm. My intuition is padlocks. Well, that's fine, except that's what everybody, every other security company's logo looks like. So one, one way that can go is you have an initial idea and you work on it for a while and you kind of work in a direction it it gets refined and improved and the final product is much stronger than the original idea would have been the opposite thing can also happen where you have (laughs) you have this i think of it as like a little spark of an idea okay and you like imagine you're trying to start a campfire and the campfire is like 30 feet that way okay (laughs) you have this little spark and you're trying to get it to the campfire this initial idea some visual idea in it go through revision after revision after revision and by the time you get it to where you want it to actually catch fire it's just lifeless and cold and like it's gotten revised to pieces so i think that that's the danger of kind of back and forth process it sounds some it sounds similar to songwriting yeah not that i'm just when i hear other people talk about songwriting yeah typically if a song is written in in a very short period of time yeah it's always surprising they're like, no, actually, we did this song in a matter of 40 minutes or whatever. You're like, what? <laughs> you know, that's not the normal. The normal is, oh, my guitarist had this idea and my drummer kind of did this and it sounded cool. But right. then we decided that actually the drum beat was better than the guitar part. You know, yeah. <laughs> right. So so it's like a process. Mm-hmm. One exciting thing, but also terrifying thing about the whole process of any creative work is that it's never it's hardly ever a linear process where you're like, mm-hmm. I'm going to make oh. a thing. And then you work in a straight line until you get to mm-hmm. the end of the thing and you're like, and now I'm done. Yeah. It's much less predictable. Okay. It feels much more, um, there's a lot more serendipity. Every time I finish a project, it's easier for me to look back at the process and be like, well, I, I just never would have thought that we'd got here. We would have gotten here. <laughs> and so every success feels like a fluke. Sure. <laughs> you're like, man, I don't yeah. know how that happened. Yeah. Like, I don't know where that idea came from. And I don't know where this, in the old creative poets and things would talk about the muse. Yeah. And this idea yeah. that there's some, like the ideas are coming from some other place yeah. and I'm just writing them down. Mm-hmm. I think that's a pretty common experience, mm-hmm. which is inspiring, but also could be terrifying mm-hmm. because you don't have any control over that process. Right. <laughs> the converse of that is people that say the muse like I only write when the mute, when inspiration strikes, mm-hmm. but lucky for me and for inspiration strikes every time I sit down at nine o'clock in the morning and start oh. writing for 12, you know, eight right. hours. 
after my three-fourths cup of coffee. Right. Yeah. 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 You maybe can't make the muse sit down next to you, but you can sure prepare all the conditions and you mm-hmm. can show up and do the hard work. But I, I do understand mm-hmm. that people could say, these great ideas are not necessarily coming from me. Mm-hmm. I didn't make this great idea. I'm more, it's more accurate to say that I found it mm-hmm. or overheard it from somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Uh... Is there anything else in working on my logo that yeah. you wanted to point out um, about the process? Or I think one thing that's curious about this process that mm-hmm. I, hadn't, I hadn't thought about, I think in a way, I mean, the human voice and podcasts and storytelling, like audio storytelling, is mm-hmm. such a, it's such a rich experience. Mm-hmm. And a logo is entirely visual. <laughs> there aren't a lot of visual cues to go off of from the actual podcasting experience, except, you know, the obvious... Put a microphone in it because yeah. it's a podcast. A sound wave thing, or you put. There's sort of these default mm-hmm. um, kind of visual shorthand symbols that we all associate right. with podcasts and audio and speaking, and yeah, just the challenge of trying to represent something that is audio. Yeah, <laughs> in, a, in an only visual way. Yeah, well, I think it's great. So yeah, I think it's really fun. Yeah, yeah, like turned out great. Uh, my goal is to have you on the podcast. Yeah. In 2020. Love it. Uh, we might record that right now. We might not. <laughs> but uh, just if people want to get a hold of you. Yeah. For work. Sure. How um, would they do that? Yeah, I'm. I'm on Instagram and Facebook and things. Okay. My website is paperbackdesign.com. Okay. My Instagram, I think, is also paperbackdesign. Yep. But yeah, I love to do. Like I said, book design. I like to do a lot of environment, environmental design. So shaping a space that people will walk into. Mm. So some, sometimes that's like a history display, or a, mm-hmm. I think of it as an immersive storytelling kind of mm-hmm. thing, where you you walk in and you're sort of immersed in the history of the building that's been created, or the you know the history of a person. Um, some sort of ex- explanation, and I really like to do mm-hmm. illustration and animation. Yeah. Working on a children's book right now. It yeah. Be fun. Okay. Yeah. My kids like it. <laughs> it's still a little rough. Though. It's a good place to start. <laughs> yeah. 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 But yeah. Okay. Well, thanks for helping out and yeah. explaining and thanks all for having that. me on. All right. Cool. Been fun. All right.